Greetings. Thank you for tuning in today for our Sunday morning message back in the book of Joseph. So glad that God's working in our lives, even as we have to be confined to our homes and other places. I want to just give you a really good word before we get into our message and some of the things going on around here. Thank you for supporting these ministries here. Many have asked, how are things going? Couldn't be better. Thank you. You folks are the real deal. Thank you for supporting what God is doing. We're continuing on. We're continuing to minister in the lives of people. It's because of real believers like you. So I just want to say thank you on behalf of this entire uh, staff we have here. God's working in wonderful ways. Today as we get back into the book of Joseph, Bubba informed me he had some uh, ideas from the book of Wisdom that I need to share with you first, and we're going to go over some of those uh, Bubba wisdom things, and we'll get into the wisdom of the Word of God. First of all, from Bubba's book of wisdom, he says, I stayed up all night to wonder where the sun went. Then it dawned on me. Only Bubba, right? He also mentioned something about things we write with. He said, have you ever noticed broken pencils are pointless? Duh, Bubba, we knew that. Here's something that I didn't know he knew much about dinosaur history. He says, I believe they call a dinosaur with an extensive vocabulary a thesaurus. That's bad. That's bad. Not even the sound texts are laughing at that one. (laughs) All right, here's one. He talks about his friend Cletus. He said, my friend Cletus got a job at the downtown bakery. He needed dough. (laughs) There, a chuckle. And last but not least... Uh, Bubba's familiarity and his wisdom with geography. He said, I didn't realize England did not have a kidney bank, but it does have a Liverpool. That's bad too. But nonetheless, I wanted to keep up the tradition of bad Bubba jokes to get into the wisdom of the Word of God. You see, there is some wisdom that goes into the Word of God that's very applicable, particularly in the season of life that we're in right now. With this virus and confinement, people that may have furloughed, been furloughed or laid off, let's talk about some of those things. Today's, today's message is going to be talking about opportunity, opportunity. Listen carefully. I think you'll find yourself in the midst of this as we pick up in Genesis chapter 41, verse 14. If you'll follow with me. It says, so Pharaoh sent Joseph, and he was quickly brought from the dungeon. When he had shaved and changed his clothes, he came before Pharaoh. And, of course, it's telling us some factual information about that, of what took place. But it's the mystery of God's providence that begins to unfold. God's providence shows us just exactly how he's intertwining things into the life of Joseph. As we look here, we're going to see some very important things. It says, so Pharaoh sent for Joseph. Think about this. God connected the most powerful person in that world to one of the lowliest people in that world to a prisoner. Only God could do that. God did that in his life. Most powerful person to a prisoner, and now it would be Joseph's time. By the way, let me ask you a question as we're going along. Do you see a broken escalator? What, Pastor? Stay with me, okay? Let's continue on. 
opportunity was there for Joseph. Now it's Joseph's time. What looked to be a horrible situation, like he'd been forgotten by the cupbearer, Joseph now is brought before the king. Note the importance of Joseph to remain faithful and wait on the Lord. We have no recording of Joseph cursing God when the cupbearer forgot him. Joseph continues to do what he needed to do. And he waited on the Lord. The word of God has a great passage. Many of you are familiar with this passage. It's found in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31. The word of God says, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Wow. That is God's work. Joseph waits on the Lord. Now, the importance of waiting on the Lord How important is it? Think about it. Abram and Sarah, instead of waiting on the Lord, decided they would take things into their own hands, do what made some sense to them. But what happens? What happens? Ishmael is born thousands of years ago by taking things into their own hands and not waiting on what God had said. Look at the problems that have come into the world because of that seemingly Little sin, that sin of not waiting on God. Many of you may be in the midst of some things right now where there's some uncertainty. You have some doubt. You have some questions. You may even be frustrated. Dear friend, let me encourage you now. You wait on the Lord. It didn't look like Joseph would ever have an opportunity to talk to the most powerful person in the world at that time. But he waited on God. And in God's timing... He worked it out in the perfect setting. Time had passed and Joseph remained faithful, not in just a week or two of confinement, but years of confinement. That's what God can do. Wait on his time because his time is always the best. Now, I want you to see something. They brought him hastily out of the dungeon. The word of God tells us in Lamentations 3, 25 and 26, the Lord is good to those who hope is in him. To the one who seeks him, it is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. Don't you love that? Many times we want to be stirred and let our emotions take the best of us, let our feelings take over rather than the fact. But the word of God tells us, That it's good to wait quietly. It means to rest in peace in the best sense. Not rest in peace like when someone dies, but rest in the peace of God that passes all understanding found in Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7. And it says how quickly Joseph's future changed. It looked bleak moments before that. He was still doing what he needed to do, but the door opened up. And Joseph's future changed just that fast. Let me ask you again. Do you see a broken escalator? All right, let's continue. It says, when he had shaved and changed his clothes. Think about this. Joseph's prison clothes were exchanged for royal garments. Do you see some typologies there? Do you see some significance in that? His prison clothes changed into something where he could appear before royalty. Isn't that what the Lord has done for us? 
He clothed us in his righteousness. In fact, Jesus says, don't even worry about what you're going to wear. He wants to be concerned about the things of the kingdom. He'll take care of our needs. When we take care of what God wants to take care of, he will take care of our needs. Now, look, there's a beautiful passage in Matthew chapter 6. We're quite familiar with it, but put it in this context of Joseph. Is that how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire? Will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Joseph had a great faith. Joseph believed God. He couldn't see the royal garments on him yet, but he took by faith that God was going to answer the initial dream that he had. And God wasn't through yet. And God's not through yet with me or you either. He's working. And God says, I promise, if I clothe the grass of the field that way, I'm going to clothe you. I didn't die on the cross for the, for the grass of the field. I didn't redeem them. I'm not the grass's good shepherd, but I'm your good shepherd. And I will take care of you, and I will take care of your needs. You see, one of the things the world is looking at during a time like this, how do we, as believers in the word of God, how do we respond to times like this? Opportunity is very, very important. Opportunity is such a significant word that we need to have it in our vocabulary all the time as believers. Let's go on to this next slide and see as the story unfolds what's taking place. In Genesis 41, 15, Pharaoh said to Joseph, I had a dream and no one can interpret it. But I have heard it said of you that when you hear a dream, you can interpret it. How about that? You see, Pharaoh says no one can interpret it. Opportunity comes to knock on Joseph's door just at the right time. It is the right time for Joseph to be brought before Pharaoh. If it had happened earlier, I've touched on this before, Joseph probably would have gone back to the land of his father's. But God waited. Relationships were built in prison. And now the time was right because God has sent another dream. Notice the motif of dreams through the story of Joseph. There's a great motif of dreams. First of all, Joseph has his dream about his family that would be bowing down to him. And then he keeps going further and further where the cupbearer and the baker have a dream. Now Pharaoh has these dreams. No one, none of his magicians and wise men can interpret it. Think about the book of Daniel also with dreams. God uses dreams, and perhaps some of you out there, even though many people think it's kind of far out, God may speak to us even today in dreams. God's not bound by our little minds or these little boxes we may put them in. God can still do things like that today. You see, opportunity knocked on Joseph's door. The Bible has a lot to say about opportunity. Do you see a broken escalator? Let's look at opportunity from the Word of God. How does Scripture address opportunity? What does it say about opportunity? It says a lot about opportunity, but I want you to see several different ways the Word of God relates opportunity to us. First of all, regarding non-Christians. The Word of God tells me, it tells you in Colossians 4, 5, be wise in the way you act toward outsiders, making the most of every opportunity. 
One of the great things that God can do in the midst of adversity, just as he did in Joseph's life, he uses these opportunities when we may have a tendency to complain or wonder where is God in the midst of this, there's an opportunity there. And the word of God, when it talks about outsiders, it means those outside of the faith. Make the most of those. And now is a great time to do that. In fact, I was sharing with some of these texts that are here today that three of the calls I've had this week have come from different people that were really not connected to our church other than it was recommended for them to look at our website and to, and to watch the message, and they've been watching. And I bet you're watching now. God bless you and others that are watching. I've heard stories of others that have picked it up and are watching that. Thank you. Make the most of opportunities. We haven't stopped our shepherd shelf out here. We're making the most of opportunities. We want to connect God's love to people. We had a great amount of people come by this past Tuesday, and through the week people still come in looking for some groceries, and we want to be a beacon of light. We want to offer hope. We want to offer grace. We want to offer love. Make the most of those opportunities, period. So the Bible says being wise, in other words, is acting in a way that's consistent with what Jesus would do if he were here. And we're seeking to do that. Make the most of that. Outsiders, people that need the Lord, use it as a testimony. Invite someone. To, to look online, invite someone or bring something over to a neighbor's house as an act of blessing. We have some of our folks that are doing that. They're going in the neighborhood, leaving little packs of cookies on a, on a doorstep and ringing a bell and just waving from the street. Lots of ways people can do it, and it's a blessing to do that. In fact, parents, it's a great thing for your children to see you making use of that time. What a teaching tool, teaching them how to be concerned about people that need the Lord Jesus Christ and just sharing an act of love. Secondly, there's another thing the Word of God says regarding opportunity. By the way, do you see a broken escalator? Stay with me. Regarding the family of believers, what does the Word of God say regarding the family of believers? It says in Galatians 6.10, Therefore, as we have opportunity, that's talking about make opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. You know, one of the things that I really love is seeing and hearing how you are taking care of one another while some of you just perhaps have lost a job. This week, we've had some different blessings come into people's lives. When I get those calls that say, this is what this class did or this is what this person did, took care of a need even before they made it a public thing. Someone just knew there was a need and took care of it. We're taking care of the family, but not just with financial or physical needs with food, spiritual needs, emotional needs. So many of you directors and class members are calling out there, making sure your life journey group has touches each and every week. Thank you for doing that. That's taking care of the body. We're seeking to do that here, but we divide it up. Our deacons are seeking to do the same exact thing to make sure the love of Christ goes out through our words, through our prayers. Thank you that we're doing what the Word of God says as we have opportunity, as we make opportunity, let us do good to all people, of course, especially to those who are of the family of believers. What a great, great thing. Thirdly, how does Scripture address opportunity regarding evil's pervasiveness? We live in a world that's filled with lots of evil, 
People can find excuses in good times, hard times, all times to perpetrate ugly things. But look at this particular thing here in Ephesians 5.16. It says, make the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. We're to stand for the cause of righteousness, never for the stand of evil. And therefore, we already know when people get connected to the Lord Jesus Christ and his word, they will stand for the right kinds of things. None of us get it done perfectly, but we know because the word of God talks about that the days are evil. There is evil that exists in this world. If there's ever going to be a world that's a more compatible world for people to live in, a friendlier world, a better world, it's because of God's people living by God's standards and God's ways and waiting on the Lord Jesus Christ. But there we have some things just about opportunity. An opportunity is a wonderful thing. There's some people that have wasted opportunity and squandered it. But I want you to know that as we go forward in good times, bad times, no matter what the times are, God is looking for his people. It puts no qualification on it. Make, make sure that in all three of those areas that you are looking for opportunities to be a blessing to others. Now, the word of God goes on, and it tells us something about how we can be effective. Look at this. Genesis 41.16 says, I cannot do it. Remember? Pharaoh says to Joseph, I have no one to interpret it, but I hear you can. Joseph flat out says, I cannot do it. Joseph's not looking to put a feather in his own cap. He's looking to lift up Jesus. He's not looking for a bragamony. He's looking to lift up the Lord Jesus Christ. He lifts up God right here. I cannot do it, Joseph replied to Pharaoh. But God will give Pharaoh the answer he desires. Pretty amazing, isn't it? Joseph had been suffering all this time. It seemed like just the right time for Joseph to give himself puff himself up and say, yes, I can if you'll give me this and give me that. Joseph asked for nothing. He seeks to bring glory to God. You know what happens when we seek to bring glory to God? God says, humble yourself and I will lift you up, doesn't he? That's what the word of God tells us. We humble ourselves opposite of what the world says and God lifts us up. So Pharaoh gives him this answer. He says, I cannot do it. Joseph replied to Pharaoh, One of the wonderful things that I love about Joseph as we go through this story is his awareness of his own unfitness. And during the times when he's thrown in a cistern, when he's betrayed by family, while he's carried off into a caravan, while he is sold as a slave, while he's uh, absolutely slandered, thrown in prison, he understands his own unfitness. He's had a lot of time to think about it. Everything he thought that would happen in an initial dream didn't seem to be happening. But remember, when God makes a promise, he fulfills a promise. When God says he'll work all things together for good for those who love him, to those who've been called according to his purpose, it means when there's viruses, no viruses, employment, unemployment, it makes no difference. God will remain true. And we see here, when we understand we do have certain gifts God wants us to use, but there's many things in life, in fact, most things in life, we cannot accomplish. God must work through us to accomplish supernatural things. And he does. It's a wonderful thing to watch that happen. 
You see, the Word of God tells us in 1 Corinthians 4, 7. For who makes you different from anyone else? What do you have that you did not receive? And if you did receive it, why do you boast as though you did not? And so it poses a question to me, it poses a question to you. What do you have that you did not receive? Wow. What's the answer to that? Well, it's a very simple answer. Everything we have comes from God. Even our ability to produce wealth comes from him. Fact is, when we see Joseph being able to go through this whole phase of life, it's because God gave some special things to Joseph. Some of the things Joseph had in his life, some of his talents, some of his gifts, some of his ability, God gave to him. In fact, God says the very ability we have to to earn once again and and to, to, to make wealth comes from him. He's done it. Our spiritual gifts come from him. Our talent, our ability, the very air we're breathing in and out of our lungs right now comes from God. God made the air. The very earth we're walking upon comes from God. Everything comes from him. Not everyone recognizes that. But there's an important point here. People that try to walk through life without God, they can make it and they can get to the end when they stop breathing and finally die, but that they really live a life. Do they have a story to tell just, well, like the story of Joseph? This is a book I have in my library it's actually printed in 1921. It's almost 100 years old. It was given by a Sunday school teacher to a student almost 100 years ago. I love it. The story of Joseph. What about your story? What about your past? Anything in your past maybe you look back and you wonder about? Maybe you thought, I wonder if I could change that or I wish I could have changed that. I want you to hold that thought for a minute because I want you to also remember something else. Do you see a broken escalator? What do you have that you didn't receive? See, there's a couple of distinguishing marks, a couple of distinguishing marks of godly character. And you can look at this, you can analyze it in your own life. It's true of those people we see in the word of God. It's true today with people. And it will always be true. What are those distinguishing marks of godly character? First one is the ability to discern among good, better, and best. Many times people are quick to rush to something that looks good. There's nothing wrong with good except that there's a better or a best solution. That's where we need to go to. And sometimes our earthly thoughts can look like the good solution. But they're not. They seem good to us because they feel good. But the solution God may have that may be best may not always be comfortable. Many times we equate best with comfortable or easy, but it's not always that. Look at the life of Joseph. He had some incredibly uncomfortable things he had to deal with. And you see, waiting on the Lord is the best thing we can do. It's the wisest thing we can do. If there's nothing you take away from in the book of Genesis, from the life of Joseph, take away the fact that he waited patiently on the Lord. And God now has opened up this opportunity. Opportunity now is knocking at his door again in a way that no one could have predicted. From prison garments to royal garments. From one of the least important people of the world speaking to one of the most important people in the world. And 
being able to take God into the equation. Joseph was a witness in the middle of that pagan nation that his God could interpret a dream. Joseph said, I can't do it. So Joseph was able to to discern among the good, better, and best. We find that he chooses best. And there's also another distinguishing mark of godly character. It's understanding the signs of the times. And in each situation, whether it was in a cistern or going on that caravan or being in Potiphar's household or being in the prison, Joseph understood the signs of the times. We could have found the story written very differently. And it says that Joseph cursed his brothers. He cursed God. What kind of a dream did you send me, God? What kind of a promise did you make? It doesn't look like people are bowing down to me. It doesn't look like I'm a ruler. Oh, but friend, but God, but God, good, better, and best, and being able to distinguish the signs of the times. He knew where he was, and he knew no matter where he is, no matter what is going on, remain truthful, remain faithful, remain loyal to God. Wait on him. Remember, the Bible says a thousand years is like a day to God and a day like a thousand years. We may have pulled the trigger a lot quicker on some of the decisions Joseph made had we been back in that day and time. But Joseph waited on the Lord. He did what was right. He was slandered. He did what was right. He was betrayed. He did what was right. He gets to prison and they make him a leader in there. People are responsible to him. Why? Something about his character. You see those distinguishing marks of godly character. It's important for us to see that. You see, waiting on the Lord is always the best. When we wait on him, it's not a good decision, not a better decision. It's the best decision that we can make. Dependency on God is the best self-sufficiency we can have. That's how we can be sufficient in him. But the the opposite of that is this. Self-sufficiency is our deficiency. When we become self-sufficient, we become deficient. We think we're taking best because we can see what looks good, but we miss what is best. And I've wondered in the story of life, and I know you probably have too, there have been some decisions you took a good or a better, but not the best. If the story had been written about us, what would it say? Where would we end up? And as I said earlier, perhaps you've asked the question, I wonder if there's anything in my life, as I look back at it, maybe there's some things I'd like to change, or I know there's some things I'd like to change. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we know how this one ends, don't we? Joseph's been gone for thousands of years, but we don't know how ours ends. And the great thing is, our whole story isn't through yet. It's a wonderful thing. Think, opportunity. The story of your life is written up to a certain point. Maybe halfway, maybe a third of the way, maybe a tenth of the way. Maybe there's a year or two away, but it's not through. God wants to use me and use you to make sure the story ends well, just like this story. You see, we can't go back and undo the past. We can't go back and say, I wish I had, I should have, or whatever. Right now, what we can do is say, okay, the story is written right up to here. But God, with your help, 
by your power and my faithfulness to do what is best before you, we're going to change how the story ends. The story is going to end beautifully. The story is going to end just as successfully as it did for Joseph because you are the same God and you're no respecter of persons. And I pray that gives you a whole lot of hope. It doesn't matter what we can't change anymore. What does matter is now. And as you're watching this on April the 19th, it's the beginning of a whole new chapter of the rest of the book. It starts and takes us down a road that can be quite exciting, quite challenging. And maybe during this time of confinement or a time of uncertainty, God has spoken to your heart about the significance of serving him. Teaches us something about the significance of what we can take as routine or ordinary or just take for granted that may not be something that we can count on. What we can count on is God. And you can write the story of your name on there. Aren't you glad that if there's breath in your lungs and if you're listening today, April 19th starts a whole new chapter. It turns the next chapter and able to finish the story in such a beautiful and wonderful way. None of us can change what's already in the book, but we can change how the story ends. It's a matter of focus. I've mentioned about the elevator. I've told a story before as a young boy going to a Sears Roebuck when they sold fishing supplies and so excited to go there and to buy bait and some of the things you'd put on your fishing line. And I went upstairs that had an escalator in this particular Sears and bought my bait. It was these little minnows in a jar. I don't know what was in the jar they were preserved in, but they were just packed in there. When I got to the top of that escalator to go down, I had that in my hand. And it slipped out of my hand all the way down that metal rail and smashed on the floor. It wasn't pretty. And as a child, it was kind of frightening to think about that. There was no escaping it. I had a fishing rod in my hand. Everyone was looking up at me. It wasn't good. However, I tell that story because there's been other times I went to that Sears. And every now and then, and I'm sure you've been in stores over the years, where the escalator is broken. And you look at that escalator and say, wow, it's not working today. So what do they do? How do we handle the broken things in life? You can see a broken escalator or you can see something different. It depends on your focus. You can see a temporary stairway. You see, there's many people in the world that all they see is a broken escalator and a problem. But God, with his people, says, no, I want you to see a temporary stairway. There's another way to get things accomplished, and I can do them in a multitude of ways. Just look at the life of Joseph. Look what God did. So what is your focus? What do you focus on in times like this? What do you see in times like this? God wants us to see the temporary stairway. He wants us to focus on what he can do. He wants us to focus on the best. He wants us to wait on him. And that's what we see right here. You see, in God's kingdom, we don't all have equal talent. There's some things some of the folks are doing with the cameras and all of the techno stuff back there, tech stuff back there. I don't know what to do with it. Many of you have talents and abilities that God has given you, and you use them in a lot of different ways. We don't all have the same talent, but you know what? 
We all have equal opportunity. Equal opportunity to wait on God. Equal opportunity to be used with the gifts, talents, and abilities that we have to use it for him. We have equal opportunity. You don't have to be the same as someone else. You need to let God work through you to do his best through you. We see that in the life of Joseph. And as we continue to unfold the story, we're going to see how God was constantly interacting in his life. How waiting patiently on him, what looked like failure, what looked like the story would end in disaster. It couldn't end in a more powerful, wonderful way. You see, waiting on God patiently on him, when our feelings may take us in another way, when we look and see the broken escalator, instead of seeing the temporary stairway, it takes us in the area of negativism. It takes us out of belief in God and belief in ourselves. And ladies and gentlemen, we need to have belief in what God can do through us, not in our own power and ability. Remember, our power and ability comes from him. And when he is guiding us, according to James 1, we can ask him for wisdom. He'll show us what to do. We need to make the most of opportunities with people who don't know Jesus. We need to make the most of opportunities with the family of faith. We need to make the most of opportunities because the days are evil. And I pray you see that. And I pray you're excited about how your book's going to finish. How about your story, about what God wants to do through you. I'm grateful that there was someone dedicated enough almost 100 years ago, 1921. In fact, this is April 7th. The book was given and signed. That someone made a good decision to invest some money. I don't know what this book cost back then. I looked it up. I could find some of the value of it now by this particular publishing company. But somebody made an investment. Someone made a really good investment. As I can see on the pages, it was used. Someone read it. What a powerful thing. Today, the rest of the book can get written. And I pray that your story is absolutely wonderful. I'd like you, if you would, right where you are, just to stop for a minute and pause and just bow your head. It's a wonderful time as we've looked at the life of Joseph and seen how faithful and how good God is. That you just stop and pause, your head bowed. Think about the rest of your life. How does the story end? What is your focus? What are you seeing? I pray right now as you see that, if you happen to be a mother or father, you see blessings toward your children. You see further investment. Perhaps these days of confinement have brought about some of that nearness and dearness that may have been just pushed away because of the barrenness of busyness in this life. I pray that some of you that may have some gifts of wanting to be a blesser and encourage others have picked up the phone, have written some notes and letters, email, text, whatever, and been a blesser during even your Zoom time with your class. I pray that the story ends in a powerful way, that because of this, some of the neighbors you may have may have a knowledge of God but don't know him personally yet. I pray that with your head bowed and your eye closed, the story ends with, and these people got connected to the Lord Jesus because somebody took advantage of an opportunity to be a blessing. Somebody took an opportunity to bring something there or to do something or to say something. If you lift your head up and just look this way, our God is so good. 
He's not going to hand us a stone when we ask for bread. He said, even your earthly fathers know how to give good gifts. How much more so will I do that? The story of Joseph is not just there for cognitive information. It's there to teach us about the importance of waiting on God. And I pray that as you look and see what God is continuing to do in Joseph's life, that you are blessed, that you're excited about the days in front of us, regardless of what they are. Not because there's a virus in it or not because there's a job or not a job in the future, but because God is in it and we wait on him. We take the best. What do you see? A broken escalator? Or do you see a temporary stairway? God bless you. Thank you for joining us today. May God richly bless you as you've listened to his word today.